all you cool cats and kittens know it's not Carol Baskins, but it is yours truly, Brian Nichols, here on The Brian Nichols Show. So, speaking of cool cats, before we get started with today's episode, I have to tell you about our fantastic new sponsor. That's right, you know him, you love him. It is our friends over at the Lions of Liberty podcast. Now, the Lions of Liberty is the greatest libertarian variety show on earth, featuring three unique shows with three unique hosts. Their flagship show on Mondays is hosted by a friend of our show, Mark Clare, featuring interviews with leaders in the libertarian movement, roundtable discussions, debates, and more. More recently, Mark's been focusing on personal development and self-growth, featuring some familiar names like, I don't know, Jason Stapleton or Gary Collins. Wednesdays feature Electric Liberty Land, a weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty, hosted by the hilarious and acerbic Brian McWilliams. And on Friday, we have Felony Friday, which is a weekly look at the broken criminal justice system, hosted by John Odermatt, featuring inspiring stories from those who've overcome incredible injustice and adversity. So, head over to your favorite podcast catcher and hit that subscribe button to Lions of Liberty, and then let Mark and the rest of the pride know that Brian Nichols here at the Brian Nichols Show set you. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes, like, homeless people that believe in Bigfoot? <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Mm, yeah, Friday. That's right. Brian Nichols here. Brian Nichols Show, welcome. Yes, it's Friday, guys. We made it. It is a, uh, another fun-filled episode here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yes, you've made it through uh, three this is your third episode here uh, of the uh, Brian Nichols Show this week. So if you have not had the chance yet, make sure you go ahead and rewind. Give a, a, a glance there to our uh, glance, a listen rather to our, our past two episodes this week with uh, Alex Epstein discussing Zach Efron's down to earth and where it misses the mark. And then Ken Good discussing where criminal justice reform maybe goes a little too far. And uh, his uh, speciality looking at a bail reform. So wrapping out the trio this week, I am joined by Shane Hazel. Now, Shane is a, a familiar voice here in the Brian Nichols Show. Good friend. Uh, he is the host of the Radical Podcast, uh, formerly The Rebellion, and he's also running for U.S. Senate as a candidate there in the great state of Georgia. So Shane joins the show today to discuss kind of his vision for liberty, what's all going on in the world right now, and uh, really looking at his U.S. Senate campaign does he have a shot? Is he taking the right approach running as a libertarian? I asked that tough question and more here in the Brian Nichols Show. So without further ado, on to the show, Shane Hazel returning to the Brian Nichols Show. Hey, brother. It is so good to be back and talking to you again, man. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it whenever whenever we get to talk, I am I'm always very excited. The uh, you, you just got you got a hell of an energy, Brian, and, and and that's that's something that you know I think the liberty movement needs a lot more of. So hey, th first of all, thank you for having me back on. I'll, I'm just gonna start rambling from the very beginning. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm I fl I'm number one. I'm flattered uh, because Shane, you you obviously like you've been one of the the larger. Uh, you know, movers and shakers in the movement. Um, you know, I think I first came across you when you were running for Congress right there in Georgia back in the uh, the 2018 election cycle. And it's actually kind of funny. I, I reached out to you um, and I was a little late to the game. I said, hey, Shane, <laughs> would you want to come on my show um, to uh, to discuss your candidacy? And you were like, hey, dude, like, uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate the, the outreach, but um, I lost. And uh, I said, that's OK. Like, I, I still watch on the show. Like, I think you have a, a very important message and a def uh, you know, very important approach. And, and I mean, with that, you, you 
came on the show. We had a great conversation from the onset. Um, at the time you were doing the rebellion, um, you invited me on the show, and then you know we had that uh, mutual show as you, me, uh, and Banks on the show. And then um, you know you started your your new venture now with the Radical. I had a chance to join you on your new show. Um, and every time we have a conversation, Shane, it always feels like we literally just pick up right where we left off. Nothing has changed. And part of it, I think, is because we do approach the liberty movement with you know this kind of like sense of enthusiasm, but also kind of like this sense of um like direction and, and drive, right? Because I think we're oh, both yeah. very, very goal oriented people. Um, you know, my, my day job, right. I'm director of sales for a telecom company. And part of my, you know, entire uh, means of being judged as a sales director is hitting my KPIs, my, my key performance indicators. Right. And, and if I'm not hitting those, those KPIs, then, you know, I know that I'm not doing something right. So I've been looking more so at the Liberty movement just in general, and I'm looking at the, the KPIs, and yeah, like I'm seeing the the vote totals from 2016, but then I look at the the reoccurring um, memberships that we're getting, and the numbers are going down. Our retention rates aren't there, and I'm I'm starting to say, well, hold on, we we need to really objectively look at our KPIs here. What's actually happening? And unfortunately, I, I get a lot of pushback from folks because it seems like a lot of folks in the liberty movement don't want to really advance it beyond just kind of this like, you know, this this mental masturbation chamber we seem to do drain ourselves <laughs> on, on Facebook. So, you know, yeah. Shane, I, I honestly, I, I feel that like there's a little bit of pushback for people, you know, like you, like me, because we were kind of we're kind of done with this like playtime liberty. It's like, OK, it's it's go time. Like we oh, need man, to start yeah. getting some stuff done. We need to start. Um, you know, actually enacting some change and we need to you know, get people. And, and this is the part that drives me crazy, right? Is that you will have, and you know, you talk about you going some rants. I'm going to start off on a rant. You have some <laughs> folks um, in the Liberty movement who will get stuck into like, either it's going to be like this educational um, approach or, you know, this pragmatic approach or the sales approach. I'm like, time out. It's not one or the other. You think of any organization, no one organization, you know, only focuses on their HR departments or only focuses on their marketing department. Like you have to be a well-rounded company and you have to invest time, energy, and, and yes, resources into all of your different uh, facets of your company. And the liberta- libertarian movement by and large I've seen has been focusing way too much on like the engineering stuff. So the R&D stuff, we're A+. Like we can talk about liberty all day long cuz like we we've, we've kind of like gone through these mental thought experiments like to their their, you know, end end degree like nine times over, right? And then when we look at how to like talk about this kind of stuff to your average person, we're so far beyond where they are at that they're not even hearing us. It's like speaking a different language because we're not yeah. meeting them where where they're at, right? So part of my new approach to the show, Shane, has been what I call sell liberty. And and that's something that I think has been you know incredibly missing. So let's kind of start off here. You, in my personal opinion, very humble opinion, are one of the best salespeople in the movement because you approach liberty through this this very you know basic principled mindset of and, and really it goes back to the matt kibbe approach don't hurt people don't take people's stuff so let's kind of start there right <laughs> yeah he, he totally stole that from me and put it on a t-shirt how nope. dare he right i mean that's been in your show from the beginning with your daughter saying that don't hurt people don't take people's stuff um <laughs> i'm kidding i, I love matt kibbe man matt's great and and honestly like that i think if we can start on that fundamental you know basis of a principle we can agree on I, I don't see how that's a losing argument. So, Shane, let's kind of start off here, right? As yeah. I've been monopolizing the, the, the conversation here for the first four minutes, um, dig into this approach that you've kind of ingrained yourself. I, I, don't hurt people. Don't take people's stuff. But also, it's principled, right? You're, you're hitting to – it's not just Republican, Democrat, 
uh, you know, conservative, libertarian, socialist. It's just across the board. You know, this is a, a moral view of the world. Correct. Yeah. I mean, and those are the two rules in my house, man. And I mean, that's that's the thing is like with with young kids, I've got three kids, nine, uh, six and uh, seven, you know, and for if you want to just push dad to blast off right to to just, you know, back into a, a marine hurt somebody or take their stuff right and you know taking their stuff isn't going to be as bad as hurting somebody and, and laying your hands on somebody but if if you are if you're not doing those two things in my house you're probably okay and you know if if, if we can start there right like if we if we can start with a premise and a guideline for how we raise our children and what you know what we expect right to, to to lay down you know that proverbial line in the sand like start you will home. not yeah you will not cross this line and you will never ever hurt people and you will not take their stuff or there is going to be real punishment and that what that translates into in the future right is a an understanding that listen hey dad's punishments boy once you turn 18 man dad's punishments are going to seem really really weak compared to what the state will do to you right and 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 other people as well like people defending their life liberty and property they're not going to put up with that kind of crap either right if if we can start at such an early age and have those kids understand as they grow up that you don't do those two things and just because you put on a badge or you're in the government you don't get to do those things either then we start to change culture with a new generation and 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 really we're looking at a long game but we are also focused on the immediate right so if we can explain those things to kids great now the transition into the indoctrinated right because let's face it i i think you know most people unfortunately are still in the government indoctrination system out there and that takes some unwinding because people don't want to be called out for being somebody else's fool, right? And 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 that's that's just human nature. So we like when we talk about meeting somebody where they're at, you know, understand that most people have been fooled by the government indoctrination system, which does a hell of a job and and does exactly what it's designed to do, uh, per you know. Uh, what was it, Dewey and Thorndike and, and Von Hoof and the rest of those guys mm-hmm. who were Fabian socialists who came up with, you know, the American education system based on a Prussian system. So one of the best things you can do is just validate people. And the way you do that is to ask them questions, right? Because it, the, the, the moment you ask somebody a question, it, there's this, there's this uh, subliminal response that they can't even control that goes, oh, wow. This guy wants to hear what I think. They care. And, and, and yeah, and, and, and that's a validation. Like, I'm at least important enough for this guy or gr- girl to listen to and to hear my side and to hear me out. Man, that's not something that most people do. Most people just, especially in the liberty movement, and I love you guys to death, but like, you know, newcomers to liberty, especially newcomers to liberty and 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 people who are not at peace with what the world is and what their life is a lot of times if there's a hole or something missing you know we like to just show people how damn smart we are don't get me wrong the liberty crowd is some of the smartest people i've i've ever been in contact with probably the smartest group of people i've ever come in contact with because they're principled 
and they can back it up and they're consistent, right? Like those three things together are, are super, super intimidating for most people who have never journeyed down this path. So to meet people where there are, to validate them, to ask them questions. And, and the last thing that I you know, try to implement is telling a very easy to digest story, right? Like if you're talking to a neocon, man, I used to be a neocon, right? Like I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm not perfect. Like show them a vulnerable side. Open yourself up for ridicule and and questions because now that you validated them with a question and now that you can present a story and they're like well hey man you know where did you where did you first see like the the the, the chinks in the armor right and at that point now you've got a real conversation they care about what you think you care about what they think now we can just talk like human beings and i'll tell you if if we can get to that point and we can tell stories and we can validate people and have people interact with us, that's when we, you know, can really, really have an effect in terms of loving people into the liberty movement versus, you know, browbeating the shit out of them. And sorry if you, if you're gonna have to edit that one out, man. Uh, the, nah, that's okay. Let's put the explicit warning on there. We're gonna have fun. <laughs> so that's. That's what it is. Like that's how I go about things, and I, I'm not perfect at it. Don't get me wrong. Like Shane, I don't want to be. Question just, really quick. Have you read the sure book um, "How to Win uh, Friends and Influence People" by Dale Carnegie? I've never read it. You know, it's really funny. I literally am just finishing up reading it, and you're you're basically um, you're you're actually kind of doing what he talks about um, without even realizing. It, I don't think so. One of the things that you you just talked about was um, you know not only you know meeting people where they're at, but also you know, getting them to, to agree with you, right? So if you're able to start finding some common things that you can agree on and you start building uh, this this relationship built on yes, then you're going to get them in a position, and this actually, it's an old sales trick. Um, you're going to get them in a position to to mentally be in a frame of mind to start saying yes more. And that means starting to listen more to, you know, opening their mind to different ideas. So um, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, right? How do you actually start to have those conversations? Well, yeah, you have to start talking to them as people and talking about the issues that they care about. And that, you know, yes, it does come with some responsibility on our end because we can't come in talking about, you know, Rothbard and Hayek and Mises <laughs> and thinking that that means anything to them. They're going to be like, who? And rightfully so, because we are, we're not meeting them at an issue, let's say, you know, where they're at. And, and Shane, you, you you absolutely hit the nail on the head with you have to ask questions. And this is this is sales 101, right? So here's some, yeah. a, a free sales tip for, for you as aspiring salespeople out there, right? When you call in, uh, if you're like, you know, doing cold calls or if you're trying to do a cold email, if you start out saying, hi, my name is Steve and I'm from ABC Corporation. And here's what we do. We do... X, Y, and Z. Your company needs to have X, Y, and Z done. Can we get a call set up to discuss more? That is going right into the trash inbox, right? You want to know yeah. why? Because all I've done is I've just seen that your company does some stuff. Great. A lot of companies do some stuff. But if you start out saying, hi, this is a Steve from ABC Corp. We've noticed in the past couple of years that uh, you know there's been a trend towards X. And it's been impacting companies a lot in your, uh, your you know, respective field. So I was wondering if I could get a call set up to ask you a few questions to see some issues maybe you've experienced that are similar and maybe ways that my company can help you with those issues, right? 
that's an entirely different way to approach the conversation because now what we're doing is we're trying to get them into a frame of mind to start thinking of like, what are some of the issues we've been having versus being told, here's just some things, right? So you, when you're selling, you're selling a, not a product, you're selling a service to solve a problem. And the, the Liberty Movement has been too good at, at offering solutions, but not good enough at identifying problems and specifically problems to people that matter to those respective markets, right? Um, so right now, Shane, I would say that's partly why I wanted to have you on the show first and foremost. And I've been reaching, and first of all, I'm sorry we had to reschedule there back on Friday. I have to get back to like this whole mentality that we're going back to real life. Um, I'm so used I don't to know what day it is most of the time anymore, brother. I know. I, I literally, I was like, I thought that um, when I sent the invite that it was going to be Thursday. And I was like, wait, no, that's it's Friday. I have to go to the office. Like that, That's a real day. I'm in the office. Um, so anyways, <laughs> I want to have you on because you, you've launched the new show, The Radical, right? And you've been taking a... a, a I want to say a more hardline approach, but a much more in in depth look at to not just you know the various issues that are out there, but you kind of go into more of a historical context. And I think that you really help the average person who comes in and they're looking for some like validation and some like kind of like something to ref like a reference point, right? To look back to and say like, okay, I've my new ideas are being challenged. Here's you know Shane presenting. A, the reason why my ideas are being challenged and he's backing it up with historical context, with principled context, with philosophy. And I think you've been really helping well round out people's, you know, overall perceptions of things as, you know, especially as an entryway into the movement. So let's kind of start off there, Shane. What's been your specific goal of your show, kind of like your mission statement? And what have you found has been kind of your success in, in you know, doing your mission, number one, but maybe some things that you didn't expect in terms of some positive ex externalities with, uh, you know, maybe the reaction from the audience, people you've been talking to, so forth. Well, I, let me, I'll start with the, the last question first. Like, the expectations from this audience, I've been absolutely blown away to to have such an abrupt ending to the rebellion um, and really, you know, everything, just, just because of the way, you know, things shake out, like where you freeze all social media, you don't put anything out there and you can't come to terms with your, you know, your old business partner and that kind of stuff where it's, it's just one of those things where you're starting from scratch. Right. And so for a bunch of people from the rebellion and a whole, you know, slew of people out there that have picked up even since then, you know, to see something grow, I've, I've done 50 shows now um, since April, and it's just this this crowd is just always not only meeting, but just exceeding my expectations. And I, I wish I had more time and more money and more, you know, more days, you know, more days in a week and more hours in a day to put forth into this kind of stuff, because this is, you know, this is a passion, right? And And, and I think the the idea that people are going to be successful in liberty without the um the commitment in terms of you know what what the framers put out there is you know lives fortunes and sacred honor like that's the cost of liberty it's not glorious it's not you know it's not one of those things where you know we want you know monuments and statues and all we just want to be left alone and so bingo like yeah, man, it's 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 real simple. And I, you know, to, to help people understand, you know, those first steps in, in coming to there, you know, like, the, the, a lot of the times, I just, I just try to tell people how I came there. And, you know, one of my first books, man, I was in, um, I was in Fallujah in, in November of 2004, for that god awful battle. And we got uh, a little bit of reprieve towards, uh, I don't know, the little bit, uh, the, 
the, the mid mid part of December. So we started early November. Um, we finally got to come back to the the what they call the mech, the base. And I had been waiting to read a couple of books by this guy named John Taylor Gatto, who obviously is a 30 year school uh, teacher out of New York City who won, you know, teacher of the year multiple times while spitting in the eye of the American education system. And, you know, as a neocon, a guy who was in special operations in the Marine Corps and just a, you know, guy who's fighting a war for God's sakes to, to first have these blinders, you know, ripped off by a teacher was, is, was how I came to it. And so when people ask me, you know, like, Hey, how do you start people down this road? How, how do you bring people in? Well, Hey, we've all, the majority of us have experienced the government indoctrination system. We can all identify, like, I, I don't think most people ever loved going to school, right? Like going in and, and telling, being, being told to sit down and shut up and where you're going to sit. And the fact that you're not going to be in classes with your friends, you know, for the, you're not going to be able to pick your classes. You're not going to be able to pick where you sit. You got to ask to go to the bathroom. I mean, you, you sit there and you regurgitate. And free thinking is not allowed, you know, expression is not allowed. And you stand up every morning and you pledge an allegiance to an idyllic magical sky cloth that's supposed to, to liberty all over the place. And like people finally like go, oh, yeah, you know what? Like if if I can start to get people in the door with the way I did it, then I then I do that as well. But I mean, I, I'm losing track of the, the first part of your question there, uh, Brian, like I, I've kind of lost. No, no, I, I know. I, I ask a lot of questions. So here's my my biggest flaw on my show. I would say is that <laughs> I have so many thoughts in my head that right. I'm just like, all right. So I have to make sure I don't forget anything. So I just ask everything <laughs> at yeah. once. Uh, it's actually funny. I just did an interview. <laughs> God bless him. I did an interview with uh, Dean Clancy last week. He's a former Reagan um, healthcare policy advisor and a uh, former VP mm -hmm. of uh, FreedomWorks. And now he's doing HSAs for all. Um, so folks, if you want to do a, you know, go look into a really fun episode, listen to that. But like the first question I ask him, I ask him like four questions in my first, first statement. He's like, wow. Yeah. Oh man. A lot of stuff there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I get it. So anyway, the, the first part of the question, uh, I think if I'm going back to even what I even said, um, was focused more so on this new approach that has really been focused one of education, right? So I think you've been, you've been really elaborating more on not so much as the, what we should do, but you know, what has been done and why it was done in the past and in the historical context. So maybe in, you know, we were talking gotcha. before, that's one thing I really do appreciate with what you've been doing is that you are taking more of that approach versus what, you know, and with the rebellion, it was more of like a, a conversation about, you know, what's happening right now. Whereas yeah. now I think you're, you're talking more in an edu education standpoint. So to that, yeah. kind of okay. elaborate okay. upon that, right? Yeah. So again, back, back to like, uh, you know, how I came to where I am. Um, when, when I decided, you know, like there was, there was a point where when growing up, I was, you know, listening to Neil Bortz down here in Atlanta, um, from a very, very early age. And he was a quasi libertarian, still kind of a hawk, but you know, everybody was like, Hey, you know what, man, you got all the answers. You're great at debate. Why don't you run? And he owed us to like, Hey, I got too many skeletons in my closet. And I was just like, that is such a chicken. It's just, a, it's a chicken crap answer, right? Like, and, and to save you editing, it's just like, that is, that is one of those things where I was always disappointed in people with platforms, with voices, with following that had built a real name for themselves that wouldn't get in a damn arena. 
And so, you know, I just, I got tired of waiting and I decided that I was going to get in the arena, but, you know, being a, being a Marine and understanding that everything is about prep work in a mission, right? The, the mission first and foremost is how do I bring more and more people to Liberty? How do I create a army of principled, consistent Liberty warriors, right? So if, if that's my mission, I'm going to have to go to the books and I'm going to have to have the answers and I'm going to have to study my ass off. Like, and, and that's the thing. That's what I did from, I don't know, probably about 2007, 2008 until I got involved in about 2016. And I, you know, every time you open a book and turn a page, you're just, you're learning how much you don't know on top of new things. Right. And some of those things that you're even learning aren't quite Liberty, right? Like, you know, if you get, if you went down kind of the Glenn Beck hole and I don't know the, what late, uh, early aughts of 2000, right. Where <laughs> he was in early Fox days. Yeah. Right. Like, so if you go down that hole, like Glenn was tiptoeing around it a little bit. And so, but it was still better than what you were getting. And so it's kind of like that with your, your books and everything else. Like you would get introduced to something new and then that somebody, you know, that would come out and be like, Oh man, if you like that, you really need to try this. And so it was just, it was just me knowing what I was going to have to take into battle. Right. And, and, you know, if you don't have the answers, if you don't know your history, if you, if you haven't read, you know, your, your Rothbards, your Mises and your Cato's and I mean, and, and the other side too, like your Marxist stuff, like if you haven't read, you, you know, all, all of the, you know, the, the literature out there, you know, on, on the other side, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you don't know where other people are coming from and you can't counter that argument very well. I mean, to, yep, to, exactly. to, to again to be able to show the respect to open somebody's mind and say hey yeah you know what man like marxist man you know like by his own definition socialism was just a transitional period from quote-unquote kind of a capitalist type society into a communist society and so when then you know, when you say something like that even marxists don't you know i say marxist you know the socialists out there don't even understand that that's what marx stood for now you're teaching those people that's what i knew i had to do um and i'll tell you right now my technique was not that way um you know from the very beginning like i said we were you trying to love people into the party and ask questions man i was a browbeater i was one of those guys that would just come out with the brass knuckles and hit people in the in, in the teeth and you know leave them laying there hating me seething right and that's not that never ever ever changed any minds yep. ever Bingo. So well, well, right there. that's how I came to the education side of it. I was gonna say, and, and to your point, like that's, that, that's been my approach. That's entirely my approach because I, I see too much of just kind of this, this, um, this browbeating, you know, and, and you, you really, like you said, this going in just bare knuckle brawling. And I, and I don't understand, like, and I'm glad that you're, you're like, <laughs> this is the part that really signifies true leadership is acknowledging like your past mistakes. And like, I, I think this is kind of one of the main things that is missing, you know, by and large from just the Liberty movement in general is just people who are like leaders. And I think people in the Liberty movement are questionable of authority and, and such, but leadership and authority are not the same thing. Um, leadership is, is, you know, somebody who's, who's willing to take a stand and, and, you know, say what they need to say and then, you know, really walk the walk. And that, you know, you said just now, you acknowledge it didn't work. You going out and trying to browbeat browbeat people, um, and and that 
really is leadership. And the problem is, I would say we have too many people in the libertarian movement who they have been looking at the they've been looking at what what has been done in the past and they say well we just need to keep trying that and you know it's like trying to put a uh, you know square peg through a round hole it's like what what are you doing here like are you you, do you actually think that's going to work at some point and instead of leading and acknowledging past mistakes uh and and trying to get better we've just you know seemingly enacted the same failed policies time and time again um so i would i would say shane not only are you you know, doing the, the your part in terms of trying to change the conversation, but now you're actually, and it's funny, you're talking about needing more time in the day, because I don't know how you have any time at all, because you're also running for U.S. Senate, right, in the great state of Georgia, so you're doing your part, both from an education standpoint, but now also trying to run for office um, from an electoral standpoint, so Shane, let's kind of dig into, if we, we can, some of your your electoral goals, right, so you're, you're a U.S. Senate candidate there in the great state of Georgia, um, and obviously, you know, folks who are familiar with, with your U.S. Congress campaign, they're, they're familiar with your, your past goals, um, but let's kind of expound upon that, or expand rather upon, about, upon that into uh, the whole state of Georgia beyond just your, your, your congressional district there. So what got you wanting to run for Congress or running for us Senate number one and number two, let's kind of dig into what does a libertarian running for us Senate actually stand for? Right. And so when, when I came out of the last election, um, you know, uh, Ryan Graham, who, uh, man, I, I love him to death. He is the, uh, he's, he's the Georgia, uh, libertarian chair down here. And, you know, we we don't see things from the same angles. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm almost positive he comes from more of a, a progressive liberal background, whereas I come from an, a, a neocon background. And so, you know, we're still I think we both are at least admitting that, hey, we're still students and we're still trying to figure this thing out. But you know, for the most part, we've agreed on uh, on a lot of the the major things. But anyway, he comes to me and he says, "Hey, man, uh, I had, I hate to tell you this, but you're not a Republican." <laughs> and you know, I I I I I didn't say I fought, but I uh, it was one of those things where I was not quick to say, "Hey, Ryan, I know, man." Um, but what I was trying to do with you know my skill set asymmetrical warfare and counterinsurgency and all that fun stuff was to infiltrate the Republican Party on, you know, on on the very face of it, because what, you know, they used to talk about was, you know, less spending, controlled government rights and all that kind of stuff, constitution, blah, 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 blah. And it was just all bullshit. And you're just like, man, you know, I know that that's not the like they hated me, A, a small town guy that came from th- that district who grew up there, who, you know, played football and, you know, won championships and, and had, had everything there, you know, ran off to war after nine 11 came back with a, you know, a mountain of ribbons and medals and all that fun stuff. And, you know, you come into this and, and you're teaching the constitution at the same time. They hated me, absolutely hated me in the GOP for pointing out that, Hey, listen, our party that, that the Republican Party's lost. They can say all of these things, right? Like it's the same thing. It's is they can say all these things, but when it comes time to vote on continuing resolutions and sending our boys off a never ending war and spending and debt in the Fed and in this bureaucracy, they're all about it. They're no they're no different than the damn Democrats. They may be they may lie to your face, you know, better than the Democrats do, because let's face it, the Democrats are, you know, they're going full communism while the Republicans are just, you know, kind of, I don't know, communism light at this point. So 
after a while, I just, you know, I got tired of being the pariah, I guess, in the Republican side of the the house over there as the Liberty guy here in Georgia, just getting beat up. And I was just like, screw this, man. And Ryan says, hey, let's let's have a let's have a talk. And so we meet one day and he's like, listen, he's like, I'd really love to have you over here. That's the first time somebody had ever come to me from a political party, especially the top of the political party and said something to that effect like hey man i would love to have you over here helping us bring liberty to more people and i was like what do you got in mind man and so he says listen you know we've got a really interesting year down here in georgia and i can't help but think with a with the way you can communicate that maybe you should come to the convention and get nominated for something and run and I said, I mean, do we have ballot access even? And so at that point, uh, you know, Ryan being the smooth talker he is and, you know, my wife being the absolute angel and saint and just the miracle woman uh, that uh, that runs the, the show here uh, said, yeah, you know, I, I just don't see you getting away from this kind of stuff. So I I went down to the convention. I got uh, Volin nominated and beat, you know, a couple other guys down there for the uh the senate uh position one of the senate positions here in georgia and you know i guess the rest is history in terms of you know how i came over to the the libertarian side and how i'm running um here in georgia for senate now the the goal isn't to win um the goal is to rewrite and show people a different way on how to run a political campaign all by yourself, to stay true to yourself, to your principles, to show people that you don't need, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars when ideas and people are on your side, right? And that's, that's, I think, the, the biggest thing that the liberty movement faces is a lot of times, especially when we get into the party and the politics of things, we try to imitate the Democrats and the Republicans that just absolutely own the political space. They own the political industrial complex uh, complex in that space. And when we try to imitate the evil sons of bitches that, that are in that space, we're not doing ourselves any favors. And so, you know, one of the things that I tried to do from the very beginning and, and, and I'll, you know, COVID being the, 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 bear that it is, it still had blessings in it, right? Like for the first time I said, you know what, taking money at this time from people and donations, whether they've got it or or not, I think is wrong. And, you know, if you're going to be a leader in these types of situations that is talking about charity to fulfill the needs of neighborhoods and communities and states and, and, and regions, instead of looking to the government to solve those problems, we have to be the solution and we have to be part of the answer on that. And, you know, the easiest thing for me at the time was just very natural. I said, hey, listen, you know, don't give your money to me. I had said I just got finished, you know, setting up my website, setting up my um, my antidote page where people could, you know, put in, uh, you know, donations and all that kind of stuff. And then you start to see people suffer, you know, 50 something million people out of work, people losing their jobs, their houses, you know, not being able to put food on on the table or clothes on their kids back. Like that's that's real stuff here in 2020. And if I sit there and say, hey, listen, give that money to your neighbor, 
who's suffering. Give it to somebody in your neighborhoods who's suffering, to your community. Go out and spend it on the small businesses. Give them donations. Give them charity so that they can keep people employed so that, that when this you know thing does turn around and people finally get sick of the tyranny, that they have something left. Because if we're not doing that, then we're being just like all the other parties out there. I mean, to 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 think that, you know, it, it's going to cost in this election. I, I guarantee you these two guys that I'm running against, David Perdue and John Ossoff down here, are probably going to raise, you know, 30, 40 million dollars a piece. And what are you going to get? You're going to get more war. You're going to get more more debt, more spending and less liberty from both of them. So for, for me, the easiest thing to do is not be like those people at all. Right. And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, everybody's looking for, you know, that that candidate who's not going to take PAC money, who's not going to, you know, sell out, who's not going to be the uh, that, that person out there that is, you know, a you know, somebody of the, the corptocracy. Right. And for me, it's it's real simple. Can't be bought, can't be paid for. It's do this and, and let's 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 get on the charity side of things where we claim to be as libertarians and start making waves the way we know how to make waves instead of trying to fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole that these guys have in a perverted system that corrupts absolutely. All right, here we go. It's going to be some controversy time. So Theodore from Crowdfunded Government, right? In our, and uh, my prepping for my my uh, planning the shows this week, I put out a uh, a teaser of who was going to be on the show, and you obviously are on the show. So uh, I I he responded to it, and here is the exact tweet. It was, I'm sure you'll have some really tough questions for Shane the LARP. He admits that he doesn't expect to win political office and wears the suit of a cosplayer. I bet you'll go after him for that ludicrous idea instead of lobbing him your index card of LP softball questions. Now, Theodore's been on the show, so I, I, I'm sure it's it's said in, in tongue-in-cheek. But I'll, I'll, LARP, huh? I'm going to have to look up LARP. It's a live-action role-playing. Role so, you know, those guys who, like, they'll dress up like little wizards and stuff, and they have, like, the, the Gandalf staffs, and they're like, I curse thee! And then the person's supposed to stay there for, like, two minutes because they're frozen. Um, that's what he means. So... It, it's I, I'm sure it's tongue in cheek. Um, so I'll I'll kind of set the, the stage for I'm sure why he asked that question um, sure. in the way he did. I so Theodore joined the show back uh, last month. I think it was back in August, August, end of July. I forget. COVID time again, not real. So um, when he joined the show, he basically was presenting this. Uh, it's a, an approach to say basically no more LP. Like it's not worth it. It's it hasn't really yielded any electoral success, and that his argument would be that you're going to have more electoral success and also more of a chance to enact and advance libertarian principles um, as a Republican, right? So, Theodore, uh, away from my LP softball questions, um, here's a real question, Shane. Why not, you know, try to to, uh, go against the GOP uh, candidate, run on the principles of, you know, limited government, run on the the principles of uh, liberty, of, you know, one of anti-war, of, you know, ending the war on drugs, as a Republican and try to win over those folks um, versus running as a, a libertarian. And I hear your point, right? Saying I'm not bought and paid for, I'm not endorsing the system, but if the goal, right? And I think this is a fair critique of libertarians in general. If our goal is to advance liberty, wouldn't it make sense to try and at least take over the parties that already are in control of the power infrastructure? So I'll kind of frame the question in that mushy way and I'll let you take it with it as you will. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, Theodore. You know, I, I don't take 
you know, I, I, I've got pretty thick skin. I don't care, you know, one way or another, but, uh, you know, for me, I've already tried it. Um, you know, like I've been down that road. I've tried running for a U.S. uh, congressional spot as a Republican. And, you know, one that you would, like I highlighted earlier, one that you would think, Hey man, this guy fits right in, especially when you got a guy that's a, you know, 50 something percent constitutional, you know, voting record over there. So, um, it's, it's the same thing here. You know, it's, it's, I think what we have to do is just be absolutely damn different. And, and that, you know, that didn't work in the past, but the past is the past. It is 2020 now. And my, my goals have changed. Like I'm power isn't, you know, like I'm not going to go to DC and fix things. Right. Like if, if by some miracle that I, you know, ran and won, right. It would be something to the effect of, you know, Rand Paul on, you know, a, a higher protein diet with a lot more alpha male in them at, at about 210 pounds, right? With with a guy that's been been downrange and done that kind of stuff. Only I'm swinging, you know, you know, haymakers and and fighting back a hell of a lot more than Rand Paul does. That's the thing. Like that's the difference. Is like, can I go out and go on attack if I'm there? That's the only real thing that I've got now to to understand that you know. Listen, in Georgia. For a libertarian, I think we got about a snowball's chance in hell of winning. However, we can make it real damn expensive down here for, for the duopoly. And that in itself to see people, you know, like what happened in Kentucky where the guy, uh, boy, I forget his name, but basically, you know, they blame this libertarian for spoiling the race for a Republican as a governor. And I think it's a hell of a statement, you know, when, you know, you've got all these damn Republicans out there going, well, you're going to cost this election, but you're throwing away your vote. Well, it's got to be one or the other. It can't be both people. It's 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 either we're throwing our vote away over here on the libertarians or we're costing you the election. It can't be both. And so, you know, like my goal and in, in what I'm assessing and trying to do is to create that liberty crowd that army to pull people in to find the people that have this undying faith in natural law in being individuals that are absolutely tired of all of it and, and to provide for it right like patrick henry like he's he, he'll say you know like listen i I want to know everything and and then I will provide for the worst it comes you know it's, it's straight from history if, if we're not willing to say, listen, I don't care if it's a Democrat or a Republican that wins, like, I don't care. It's going to push it's, it's going to push the system to the breaking point if either one of them wins. It just depends on which one that it's going to do faster. I think most Republicans and most Democrats think that somehow the Republicans and Democrats, if they could only get a supermajority in the Congress and in the executive and then put justices on you know, the, the court that, that life is going to be hunky dory. No, it's not like this, you know, this Leviathan that we have allowed to be created here in the United States, it's falling apart now before our very eyes, the empire is crumbling right now. And most people don't see it. There are people who are finally waking up and, and I, and I'll say, I think there are more people waking up faster than ever in our lifetimes. And maybe within the past, I don't know, 200 years to see, listen, we got a real golden opportunity to do something very different. And the thing is, is like, 
you know, uh, you know, for, for the Christians who are out there, you know, the, the people that talk about, um, you know, that the meek will inherit the earth. Well, listen, you know, blessed are the, the peacemakers as well, right? If we're looking at a time where the Republicans and the Democrats want to do nothing more than kill each other and wipe each other out or deport each other or whatever it is where they don't live in a peaceful existence. And we're here saying, listen, it's our job to love each other unconditionally. It's our job to love and, and bring people in and provide and say, listen, people, we are absolutely begging you for peace right now. That's that's my mission, right? Like, and, and, and that's not an easy thing. Like some people think that, you know, it's all about winning, right? It's not because when the, the whole house of cards falls, people are going to be looking for those peacemakers, man. People are going to be looking for the people that said, I didn't want to go to war. I didn't want to fire a shot. I didn't want to put it on a bullet bouncer. I didn't want to, you know, pick up my arms and go and have to do really God awful, terrible things. Or, you know, just repel people from my business, from my property. You know, like those people, like, listen, it's it's not a short game. We're getting towards the end of the, you know, the this this abomination that we've created, but we're not quite there yet. We've still got one really pivotal moment in history right now where we are either going to do this in a peaceful way and 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 go and decentralize from DC and put power back in the the hands of people and communities or there's going to be revolution it's going to be messy in some places and people are going to kill each other and the united states is not going to look the same and that, and that's that's where i see things going when i look at history and i see how other you know countries have uh fallen in the past internally that's how it always happens and like I think it's important to to recognize that's not an endorsement of the second part, right? Because the second part where where it does go to bloodshed, that's that's like worst case scenario. Like I don't think like there's a lot of people who like going back to Theodore's um you know LARP comment there. Like there there are a lot of guys who out there who I think they just kind of LARP this mentality of like the you know the next civil war and like you know oh I'm gonna pick a side and like they kind of get really into these these caricatures that they they built of themselves and like what they're gonna be like. But like I don't think they realize. Like, things get really bad. Like, really, really bad when countries collapse. And, like, well, we've seen firsthand what happens when America intervenes in these, you know, these foreign countries. And we overthrow their governments and then they devolve into chaos. We, like, what would you think would happen in America? Like, we are literally the largest country in the world in terms of, you know, our, our stature, our strength, our military, our economy. Like, that that will be, you know... Not only devastating on uh, a you know a national scale in terms of like the, the American populace, but like an international scale, like things things will get weird like really fast, right? Yeah. So I think it's important for us to you know recognize what would happen, um, and then in turn start to offer the solutions, actually start to build some bridges, and and again that's why I I hate the mentality that it has to be one or the other. I am so much more into the idea that like listen, do what you think is best like and i hate the the people who try to do 
um, you know, the, the master of none, uh, mentality. It's like, yeah, you want, you want to become the, the jack of all trades. Great. Good for you. You're trying to, to speak to every single person instead of focusing on what you do well, focus on what you do well. If you think that, you know, you know, going as a Republican is the best way to go, go about it, dude. Like Thomas Massey it up. I, I'm all for that. Right. If you think in your district running as a libertarian, like Shane Hazel is going to be the best way to approach it, then Shane Hazel it up. If you want to, you know, go out and, and try to build up the individual um, and, you know, build nomadic wealth, Jason Staple it up, you know, build up your person, Gary Collins it up. Like I know there's so many different ways to advance liberty, be it, you know, economically, personally. Um, it could be something in terms of using government. Like there are so many different areas of liberty. It's it's not a zero sum game. It's not, you know, a pick one mentality there. It, it really is a, a marketplace, if you will, of ideas and, and of approaches. And I, I, you know, that's why I'm, I'm so glad you said that, man. I, on Brian, I mean, I, I've I've actually had that on the paper and I was going to get it the, like the, the last set of questions before. Like, I don't care the way you liberty like I have I have problems with the way, you know, some people liberty and all that fun stuff. But here's the thing is like to go out and publicly shame everybody. Now, listen, if they are just outside of the realm of principle and consistency in terms of, of, you know, Liberty. Yeah. Like Richard Spencer is not getting our endorsement in any respects. Like he's a gross, gross individual, both as a person, but also in terms of his ideology. So like he, he would never get an endorsement from somebody like a libertarian. That always drives me crazy too. It's like libertarians were the first ones to denounce racism. We're the first ones to denounce gross (laughs) behavior like that. Cause it is ultimately in its entire mentality, a form of collectivism like duh. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I mean, we were talking about this the other day. I had uh, the guys from biting the bullet uh, typo and Luke, man, like, um, you know, we were, we were saying this and, um, it's, it's basically, Hey, listen, I don't care. You know, in, in this space, you guys are Liberty vets, you know, anarcho-capitalists, just like me, we need more of this stuff, right? Like I had, uh, Diego Rivera on the show. Um, at the same time I had, um, oh gosh, the, the guy from, um, Danny McKnight from, uh, bring our troops home. Who's a Republican, right? Hey, listen, I can meet people on certain grounds, I don't care if they're Democrat or I don't care if they're Republican. I don't care if they're Liberty, right? Like find the common area where you do agree and push it and push it as, you know, as much as you can. And this space isn't full. Like if I've got other vets who are Liberty anarcho-capitalists who are, you know, putting podcasts out, that's not a threat to me. That is another person or group of people that we have in the fight that are reaching more and more people for Liberty. I literally just, I I literally just put my, my fists into the air screaming. Yes. When my mic was, was off because I'm not kidding, Shane literally. So I was just on the big channel for we are libertarians um, and it was the episode was episode 456 and it was titled uh, having conversations when we disagree because this has been like the biggest like I want to say like feuding points it's not even a feud it's just like a, a point of like division I mean I need mean, to word like it's like a different way of approaching things right and I have been like listen don't go after allies like and that's the, the to your point that's the worst way to build bridges is going after potential allies on certain issues like I wrote an article in 2018 called Stop making fun of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I got just you know, destroyed, <laughs> destroyed, yeah. Shane, by Republicans and conservatives and libertarians. And I, in my article, I wrote, the reason that you should not make fun of her is because it just emboldens her supporters and it isolates them further from hearing her ideas. And then they'll use that you know negative sentiment just like Trump did. And then they'll use that to build up that person and then build more policies that are going to infringe upon liberty even more. 
I said that in 2018 and fast forward and what has happened? She is now one of the leading voices as a democratic socialist on stage at the democratic national convention because her profile has been elevated by people who have been making fun of her for the past two years. And it just, it raises her profile more and more, just like it did with Trump. Just like I said it would, because it's, it, she is sales. Like she is doing sales. And like, this is the thing that that drives me crazy, Shane, is that everything in life is sales. And, and if people refuse to acknowledge that, yeah. If, yeah, if people refuse to acknowledge that, like we will constantly be in a position where we are relegated to third place, right? And that's why like I'm I'm so encouraged that someone like you you're 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 changing the conversation. It's no longer a conversation about, you know, just trying to e- explain away liberty. It's like, no, no. Here we we believe in liberty and we're going to stand on that principle because we believe on it, right? And mm-hmm. you know, that's I think appealing to folks who are going to be more allies. Cause I, I, and here's, I'll, we'll kind of wrap up here in this last thought. I want to hear your, your perspective on this, Shane. So if, if Trump loses this election, right, I think we're going to see a big, a big split in the GOP. I think you're going to see your Rand Paul's, your Thomas Massey's, um, you know, your, your, your folks kind of in that like libertarian conservatarian wing versus your Tucker Carlson, Josh Hawley's, like Tom Cotton's of the world, right? The the, oh, the yeah, neocon, sure. the the populist, yeah. Like, I I kind of I'm feeling that that's going to be the the division, and based on what happens from that that conflict, right? If the the more populist neocon approach of of governance in the GOP wins, I would say that for the like libertarian leaning folks that really the libertarian party is the only like real alternative. And I, I'm kind of thinking we might see a mass exodus of the people like Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, Mike Lee, and heck, even some folks, maybe like a Ted Cruz, right? I think we could even agree with him to the libertarian party. Am I off base? No, minus the Ted Cruz, those guys are all a constitutional voters up there. And, and that's the thing is like, I'm not going to sit here and say the constitution is perfect, right? Like, and I'm an I'm an anti-federalist at heart, but no, this this election, you know, if people are expecting things to be better after November, they're not. And and I it, I hope people will take this from a guy who understands warfare, who understands the the prepping of the battlefield, the psychological operations that are going on right now. Like I get to see it plain as day because I'm studied in it and I've I've, I've lived it firsthand. Twenty like nobody's going to accept the the election results. Oh, Nobody. Yeah. Be, we're being conditioned a hundred percent right now to not accept anything. Right. And so what happens? This is this is the split. And I I don't disagree with you that those guys may come over to the Libertarian Party. And, and hell, I I welcome them. You know, like if Thomas Massey, uh, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, um, uh, Andy Biggs, even I, I think besides Justin Amash, who's already over here, the that those are those are huge huge people to pick up i i hope that people understand hey listen these guys are probably gonna if we still have elections after this i I think that they'll probably lose their seats and you got to be okay with that you got to be okay with that with that loss you have to be okay with this country seeing where the democrats and the republicans take it and the great thing is is as libertarians you're sitting here on the bench, you know, you're probably, you're probably the, the MVP that just hasn't been found yet. Right. And I'm not saying that we want to govern, we, that we want rule and we want power, but when people finally go, listen, you know, these guys were right all damn along. If, if we don't kill each other first, um, or when you guys are tired of killing each other, maybe we should try something different where, Hey, 
you leave me alone, I leave you alone. But I, I, I don't think you're, uh, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think this, this is a very uh, interesting time and a pivotal moment in our history. So, you know, if we can pick them up, great. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got multiple invites out to these guys over and over and over again. And I would just say, you know, for those of you guys that are out there that are, you know, n- maybe not in the arena, get in the arena. If you got problems with people who are out there, like if, if, if you think you're ever going to have Liberty and not be involved in Liberty and sit behind a computer and type things and interact with people only that way. That's not going to win us Liberty. That's not going to drive this God awful evil state out of our lives. You got to get involved. You got to run for sheriff. You got to run for, you know, uh, education. You got, I mean, you've got to go local state, federal, whatever your calling is, you got to do that. And then, you know, You'll see. You'll see once you step into that arena, the way you think you were going to do things may change a little. And, you know, hopefully you don't lose your soul in the process. If, if, if and I'll, let me put this out there, Brian. If anybody wants help understanding how to podcast, how to run a campaign, how to, you know, put up a, a website or any of that kind of stuff, I'm here for you. I am happy to help people understand how to do these types of things and plug you into a network where you can get started. Like I, I, and I, Brian, I'm sure that you and probably most other people out there who have kind of, you know, taken that first step into being a provocateur for Liberty and really putting in the hours, the money, the, 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 you know, trying to learn new skill sets. I, I think we're all sitting here saying, sure, I'd, I'd love to help everybody understand the space so that you can go out there and possibly be the chosen one that, you know, is a, is a Ron Paul type, right? Like that's, that's where I'm at in 2020, man. Yep. And make sure if you do run for office that if you win, just like Thomas Massey, you take that precious off that pin off the, the, the lapel, because if, if you let it yeah. consume you, right? Like the ring, the, the precious, it will consume you. Um, and he's, he speaks to it, right? It, it's tempting. Uh, so we need more people like Thomas Massey we, and, and quite frankly, Shane, we need more people like you. So with that being said, I would say, you know, to folks if, if, who haven't yet, make sure they go ahead and support you by following the, uh, the radical. So obviously search, um, the radical Apple podcast, five-star review for Shane. Um, but Shane, buddy, where can folks go ahead and follow you over on social media so they can stay up to all, uh, you know, up to date with all the things, number one, you're doing for the radical, but also for your campaign, just, and also your activism for Liberty in general. Sure. Uh, Twitter, Shane T. Hazel. Instagram, Shane T. Hazel. Uh, on Facebook, it's Shane Hazel GA. Uh, and you can go to the website. It's got the show there. It's got the campaign page, uh, radicalpod.com, or you can go to shanehazel.com. It all goes to the same place. But, uh, you know, we're, we're doing some crazy things over here. We're going to do some expansion into uh, radical homeschooling. We're going to do some expansion into uh, you know, like radical homesteading and getting off the grid. We're, I mean, I'll tell you right now, man, it's one of those things that uh, we're starting to live, obviously, and, and, and pushing in that way so that we can be an example. I mean, I was just saying to the, my wife the other day that, I mean, I'm 40 with a boatload of experience under my belt. And I've always looked at myself as a student. And now, you know, there are kids who are 20, 30 years old who are starting to have, you know, families and education to make major life decisions that are looking for people, you know, to, to, to emulate and to, to, you know, if we can be those people out there that 
save people from going into debt that save people from making you know some wrong choices and and how they're you know they're managing some some finances or where they're living or what their you know what their goals are for life in in terms of uh you know being an entrepreneur and being in control of your destiny man i i can't tell you how excited we are about being welcomed into this liberty crowd and being able to show people exactly how this can work well, let me tell you what, Shane, uh, this is a tease for the folks who made it, you know, all the way here to the end is and we're going to talk off air because I uh, I actually we have some things behind the scenes that's going to make that even easier that I'm working on uh, with some some very noted movers and shakers in the liberty movement. So we'll discuss off air. So folks who are listening, that's a little tease. Uh, keep your eyes and ears open. But that being said, though, Shane Hazel, as always, my brother, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for all you're doing uh, in, in terms of not only promoting liberty movement, but also, uh, you know, fighting the good fight, running for office, uh, and really being a voice out there for for yeah, liberty I, principle. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it means so much. I love you, brother. I mean, Brian, uh, I, I want you to come back on my show soon, too, because you are, man, I'll tell you what, I need I need legions of Brian Nichols out there doing what you're doing. And, and it's been an absolute pleasure to be here, brother. Are you looking for a simpler life, real information from real people without all the BS we're bombarded with today? Well, hey, I'm Gary Collins, the host of Your Better Life podcast. Make sure to go check it out. I'm a former intelligence officer, special agent, entrepreneur, and I'm here to give you the facts and give it to you straight so you can live the life you want. And make sure to check out my website, thesimplelifenow.com, where I sell all of my best-selling books, The Simple Life series, going off the grid, living off the grid, and just flat out kicking some ass. Make sure to check it out, guys. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Shane Hazel. It was a great uh, conversation, as always, with Shane. Shane is one of the good guys, so please do me a favor. Um, go support Shane. Uh, follow him over on social media. Uh, retweet his his campaign. We want to make sure that uh, you know Shane is fighting the good fight and getting his name out there far and wide. And, and you know that's how we are able to spread the message. Number one, number two, the way we can spread the message is if you share today's episode with family and friends, of course. Um, and also, when you do that, make sure you go ahead and tag me at b nichols liberty, uh, both on Twitter. Facebook and minds.com. I will be sure to go ahead and give you a retweet there on Facebook, a, sh- or a retweet on Facebook, a retweet on Twitter, that is, and a share on Facebook and uh, a share there on uh, minds.com as well. If you go ahead and tag me uh, or the We Are Libertarians uh, page as well. So uh, guys, also do me a favor. If you have not yet, head over to iTunes, wherever it is you get your uh, your podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, right? Uh, so every single uh, episode is making sure it goes right into your podcast catcher. Uh, but then do me a favor. Uh, it, while you're there, make sure you go ahead and give us a five-star rating and then if you could give us a, a quick review tell us why you like the show uh and that will help expose more uh, folks to the brian nichols show and maybe it'll pique their interest some as to hear why you joined the brian nichols show audience so uh, i'm asking you if you could do me a favor go ahead and and submit your review and then just take a screenshot of the review send it to me at an email brian at brian Com. So again, take a screenshot of your review of The Brian Nichols Show and uh, send it to me an email, brian at briannicholsshow.com. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick from uh, the lucky uh, listeners uh, who are, are submitting their screenshots of their five-star review, and you'll be getting a super special prize, which is going to be 
very secret, but I promise it'll be well worth the time and effort and the anticipation, I know. Uh, stay tuned, guys. We have uh, some stuff behind the scenes in the works. Uh, so that is your mission for this week, should you choose to accept. Uh, with that being said, guys, I, I, it was an absolute blast. A, a heck of a week, um, you know, here in the Brian Nichols Show. A lot of great guests. Um, so do me a favor. Also, as we wrap up here, please support our sponsors, Gary Collins over at The Simple Life uh, and our friends, Mark Clare and his compadres, Brian McWilliams and John Odermatt. So please go ahead, support Lions of Liberty. And yes, our friend, as I said, Gary Collins there at The Simple Life. So guys, with that being said, it was an absolute blast. A heck of a week. Uh, and make sure you go ahead and tune in next week. We have amazing more guests coming down the pike. So, with that being said, guys, it's Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, signing off for Shane Hazel. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.